Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Conservative, not bitter talk and education. It's a pleasure to be here, my friends. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Also join our community, community community.ToddHuffShow.com, online conservative community. Have some, a little bit to uh, share about that today. I want to mention briefly, yesterday we were not here. Um, occasionally, occasionally we, um, folks, we, there's a lot going on here <laughs> as we, as we are, um, as we're growing. I know many of you know that we now have Fancy Pants helping us here um, at the program, but sometimes even Fancy Pants uh, cannot prevent us from having just some some growing pains. So there were a series of things yesterday that simply uh, interfered with that. And I'm, I'm sorry, and um, we are continuing to, um, to get some things um, growing and being built behind the scenes that will allow us to continue, um, well to grow the program, but also get into new markets and do some other things like watch this 2000 Mules documentary, which we're going to make available to you, which I'm going to talk about in due course today as we talk about the news and narratives and so forth of the day. Um, So I apologize for missing yesterday. Everything's fine. There's not any problems or anything like that. It's just, um, wow, just sometimes the the growing pains are, are a lot to manage. Remember, we're not... I, look, we started this program almost uh, seven years ago. On August 10th, it'll be seven years. We started this baby in a bedroom closet back in our old our old house, the house that we had uh, prior to selling to get ramped up here for the Truth Tour and all that, um, and, and syndication and all those sorts of things. Um... And we're, we're, I mean, we do these things ourselves. There's not some, and I, that's the way I like it, if I'm being honest with you, um, which I always am, by the way. And I, I just think that, um, you know, this is, that <laughs> there are seasons. There are seasons where things get busy and, um, anyway, that's kind of where we are. So, apologize for yesterday. I want to start by talking about, oh, I'm going to reference this January 6th commission. In fact, got a New York Times, what, news alert or whatever you call these stupid things. Breaking news. Breaking news. Now, I want to talk about this January 6th commission. And the break, well, the breaking news was uh, Pat Cipollone, former White House counsel to Donald Trump, has agreed to be interviewed by the January 6th committee. This is breaking news. Now, to many of you out there, many of you will hear this headline and think, is this, are they still doing this? What, 
the world is going on here? Some of these, um, some folks out there undoubtedly think, well, this is a witch hunt and all this sort of thing. Some people who hear my voice might be somewhat interested or maybe following some things just to see the political developments of this. And there certainly may be some out there that think that this is really a legitimate sort of process that's only interested in getting to the truth and protecting our democracy, as they say, our constitutional republic. Wherever you stand uh, on this issue, I just, it's important to understand. Well, first of all, I'll tell you where I stand. I, <laughs> this, this is not real. This is, and, and one can say that. This is where there are, are false, what do I want to say, false conclusions that are drawn, made-up conclusions, over-dramatized conclusions, and so forth. And I'm not getting into all of the who did what, and I just what happened on January 6th. For those actions that were taken, no matter who committed them, no matter if they voted for Trump, no matter if they voted for Biden, no matter whatever the case, whoever committed an action that was deemed as criminal or potentially criminal, or even if it was a misdemeanor, folks have to face justice. I, I have no problem saying that. And you can tell a lot from a person, by the way, if they won't say that. If a person won't if a person cares more about someone's race, political affiliations, who they've donated money to, who they've had their picture taken with and posted on social media, if a person is more interested in that before actually getting to the point where they, you know, actually listen to allegations or the charges and so forth, that's that's not a good sign. Now, I understand as I'm saying even as I'm saying these words, I do understand too that I am um, when you when you see certain people that are always in the crosshairs and who are always having allegations le- uh, leveled at them, um, I understand that there are I mean we have to we have to be wise. We have to understand that there are certain people that um, the media and the radical left, politicians, people with political power, all this sort of stuff would love to to take out, metaphorically, hopefully, uh, although I wonder sometimes how metaphorical that actually is. But obviously, Trump has been in the crosshairs for a long time, and there's others as well. So I understand, hey, like we have to have some... We have to be uh, aware of, of the forces and the motivations at play here. But we shouldn't say just because, in general here, that's just because someone voted for people that we voted for that they can't have done anything wrong, and if they voted for someone else, that they have to be guilty as, as charged. Oh, that is, that's craziness that we live in a world like that. I've said on this program before, if something happens in the news, we're supposed to make a snap judgment According to the media, according to the radical left, I would say even according to politicians in general, just maybe culture in general, we have 0.2 seconds 
to make a decision on an issue. And all we need to know is their political affiliation, race, gender, whatever, which flag they have on their social media profile, etc., etc. And and then we're supposed to make a snap judgment. That is a recipe for a disaster is what that is. The founders went to great lengths to create foundations for a country that prevented some of these legal shenanigans. I mean, folks were were targeted by authorities. They this is this is why the founders wanted things like well, like our legal system. They wanted this this nation needed to be built upon true justice, not simply having one's political opponents targeted because they didn't agree with them politically. That's not good. And if we can't say that as a nation, if there's not a, an overwhelming majority that can say that, then we've, we've got a massive problem. So there are two dramatically, diametrically opposed, dramatically different and diametrically opposed ways of looking at January 6th. I'm telling you what I think. I told you off the top. I think it is a bunch of shenanigans. I think the intention of this from the very beginning has been 100% political. And I think that if someone is guilty or should at least be charged with criminal action on January 6th, or by the way, um, at any of the other protests and riots that had taken place around this country um, for the past several years, if someone has done something wrong in the eyes of the law and it is justifiable for charges to be brought, I believe that they should be brought. And this is this is radical in today's world, my friends. I believe that if there is enough evidence presented, let's say this that it goes to, to a trial, I think the prosecution, is, call, call me crazy, has the... Uh, the burden of proof falls upon the prosecution, upon the state, to prove that the defendant committed the alleged acts beyond a reasonable doubt. I believe that that phrase is not some arbitrary and ambiguous thing, although it is technically impossible to truly define as some sort of a measurable number. But it's not, it's not some completely ambiguous concept. It means something pretty specific. It means that if evidence supports the charges and there's no other better explanation beyond any other reasonable doubt, then the person should be convicted. I've shared on this program, I talked about it, in fact, um, I think it's been four, I think it's been four years Four years ago, I served on a jury. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I, I got to see it from the inside. I know many of you have served on on juries as well. We actually, it was a two-and-a-half-week, roughly two-and-a-half-week trial. Maybe it's two weeks and two days, something like that. And it involved the death of a five-year-old uh, boy. It was a terrible, terrible trial. Sad. I mean, just awful stuff. Terrible all the way around. We ended up convicting uh, the defendant. But you may be surprised to know, maybe the leftists tuning in today, liberals today, you might be surprised to know that the very last holdout for 
for a guilty vote was yours truly. And I just wanted to get there how I got there. I wanted to truly explore any <laughs> any path to reasonable doubt. And I could not get to any doubt that made any sense. Basically, in other words, there was no other logical explanation than to me, in my mind, and for the other 11 folks who voted guilty, there was no other alternative than the individual was guilty of committing the charges. Didn't matter to us. Didn't matter to us his gender. Didn't matter. Well, I guess I can only technically speak for me, although I, I to be clear, I have no reason to think anyone thought these things, but I'm just going to speak from my vantage point because <clears throat> that's the only one I can really responsibly speak for. But I didn't care about his gender, his age, his ethnicity, any of those things. What mattered was what the evidence suggested. And this seems like, in some places in our political system, an antiquated concept. So why am I talking about this? Because the left, the New York Times, is all excited uh, that Pat Cipollone is going to testify. Now, again, I said that some of you may be saying, is this thing still going on? Some people may say this is a complete witch hunt. Some people may be paying a little bit of attention. And some people may think that this is legitimate who are listening to my voice. I don't think that. I think it's a show trial. I think I think it is a, well, it's not technically a trial, but they want you to think it's a trial. They want the best of both worlds. They'll come out and say from time to time, this isn't a legal proceeding, but they also want to give, <laughs> they also want to give the impression that it is. They also want to give the impression that there are, you know, basically people that there's, uh, it's an adversarial system where both the plaintiff's interest and the defendant's interests are, I guess, um, accounted for. Or actually, someone is, is taking that perspective or taking that position to look out for the interest. And that's not, that's not what's happening. This is, everybody on that committee hates Donald Trump. Everybody on that committee, in fact, Liz Cheney, she's on record as saying, I'm paraphrasing here, but I saw this clip the other day, she wants to make sure that President Donald Trump cannot get anywhere near the Oval Office again. This is what she said. She is the one of two Republicans on this committee. And so there are no, um, <laughs> there are no witnesses that are being called that have anything to do with challenging the narrative. In fact, you remember uh, one of the recent, if you paid attention to this, one of the recent uh, individuals who testified, Cassidy, her last name escapes me. I'll look it up during the break. Uh, she was the what the chief of staff for Mark Meadows, I believe. Um, some of the allegations that she made, which again were based upon hearsay evidence, what she heard other people talking about, was that Trump grabbed the the wheel of the vehicle in which he was being transported on January sixth. Um, supposedly was one of the SUVs. He tried to wrestle the steering wheel from social, or social from uh, Secret Service. Was unable to do so. This was supposed to be evidence. Now, whether he should do that, whether that happened, whole different discussion. But that is the evidence. Some people heard that and said, "My goodness, my goodness." First of all, we believe this without any any sort of 
testimony to the contrary without anyone. In fact, there's Secret Service who are saying that did not happen. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The J6 committee has decided the outcome at once. And the outcome is that President Trump cannot win, cannot run ever again. They are terrified. Folks, Biden's numbers are about to hit the 20%, his, his approval numbers. 20%. Folks, this is, it's at 30 right now in one of these recent polls. 30%. I don't know. 30% of people believe that the, I mean, they're out there searching for Bigfoot. Or they're out there looking for leprechauns under bridges. Or they're on uh, searching for unicorns. I mean, 30% of the American people, this is, this is a tiny, ins- well, not insignificant, but in, in, as far as presidential approval polls go, this is as bad as it gets. This is absolutely atrocious. And it's heading downward. He's going to be almost certainly in the 20s. We got Kamala Harris out there who's the next, I guess, most logical person. <laughs> just, just imagine being the second most logical choice, as Kamala Harris is, after, in the first, following Joe Biden. Your first most logical choice as the leader of your party is Joe Biden. Can you imagine being backup, running mate, um, just playing second fiddle to Joe Biden? I, this is disastrous. And... That's their second choice. She's out there making speeches. Folks, I don't even know what she's talking about half the time. She's talking about school buses. She's talking about, she's trying to give inspirational speeches. I listen to clips on a regular basis. Whoever's writing these things, I mean, needs to be fired. We have to work together so that we can work together and continue working together so that working together, we can achieve much together. That's the kind of stuff that she's out there saying. This is, and, and, and the way that she gestures as she's saying it, it's almost like, all right, try to keep up with me, folks. Try to keep up with this truth I'm about to lay down for you. Try to keep up with this profound statement I'm about to lay on you. In fact, I'm going to pause to let that settle for you to really try to absorb, absorb that massive mic drop I just performed in your presence. And instead of making it sound profound, what it actually makes it sound is absolutely ridiculous and absurd. And so this, President Trump, I didn't, I was going to mention this earlier, uh, maybe, maybe earlier this week, but President Trump is still, according to polling, the most popular politician today. Think about this. In spite of two, <laughs> two impeachments, in spite of a nonstop narrative of hate, a nonstop narrative of lies going back to Russian collusion, that delusion. Hillary Clinton, by the way, still out there talking about how she had an election stolen from her. That's okay. You can talk about it if it happened in 2016, but you can't talk about it in 2020. But Trump is still the most popular politician. The Democrats are getting set up to be shellacked, shellacked this November, but... You always hear me say this, and I'm a big believer in this. I don't care what any predictions say. We have to get out and vote, and we have to have elections that are, well, that are secure, and every legal 
lawfully counted ballot or cast ballot should be counted. Anything that's not should not be counted. Any politician who's out there saying, make sure all ballots count, <laughs> that that's like saying, make sure that, um, you know, Walmart accepts all currency. Well, what if it's counterfeit? Should they be forced to, to account, to, to accept that, right? I mean, these are moments that people with brains and the ability to be critical thinkers would say, that's not exactly right. I mean, if we take certain assumptions and we're only talking about real currency, then yeah. But we don't just want to take all votes. We want all votes cast by people who are eligible to vote and cast by people who followed the rules for voting. We want, Absolutely, those should count. No matter if 90% vote for Biden, 90% vote for Trump, whatever. Whatever the outcome, they should be counted. But to go out there and to say every ballot cash should count is not the, the correct way of thinking about it. Every ballot that is legally cast should count. And there should be newsflash to the radical leftists. There should be rules. There should be ways of managing elections. Not to, it's not designed to punish people or to do what the left tells us, which is to silence the voices of minorities it's to it's designed to have prevented the sorts of things that we saw in the documentary. Maybe you haven't yet, but you can watch it with me. We're gonna allow you to do that in an online viewing party. But in the in the documentary two thousand mules, that is what we're concerned about. That's what we're concerned with. And so this committee, I'm telling you, and I gotta take a break here, long in this segment, but this committee is literally sitting here, and they're thinking, okay, voting laws may be tightened up. We have a terrible candidate, and when I say we, yes, I'm including Liz Cheney and and Adam Kinzinger, the two so-called Republicans on that committee, that are going to vote for Biden or anybody else besides Trump, and maybe, I don't even know that they'd vote for someone like DeSantis. I mean, we may have to have someone like John Kasich up there for uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger to uh, actually be won over. And so this committee, and do not be surprised, this is, an, is not an outright prediction, but do not be surprised if Trump, if there's actually a criminal referral into Trump or that the Department of Justice decides to pursue criminal charges on Trump, whatever that looks like, I don't know, but that is a very real possibility with the intention with the intention, ultimately, yeah, if they can get him in prison, great. But ultimately, what they want is for him to be nowhere near, as Liz Cheney said herself, nowhere near the Oval Office again. The only way that they believe that they can pull that off is to not have him run again, period. To make him ineligible under some post-Civil War law designed to keep folks that engaged in seceding from the United States of America from running for political office when the country, um, you know, unified and began that post-war rebuilding process. Really, really long in this segment. Next segment's going to be short. Sorry about that in advance, my friends. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I know I had the tell you before the break that because I went really, really long first segment. I've got to get this one 
really, really short. So, but what we're going to do in the remaining part, there's two more things I want to do. Um, I've kind of set the stage as to what this January 6th commission is about. Um, but there's two, there's two groups of people. One that's hanging on every word of this, who thinks that the outcome of this is going to, you know, I guess help us to identify someone who is literally trying to overthrow the country and to then be able to have a series of steps to, I guess, ensure that it never happens again, which (laughs) may very well include doing away with the Electoral College. Don't, Don't overlook or... Uh, poo-poo that because you think that that isn't a potential outcome. It is a potential outcome. At this point, anything that leads to their empowerment is on the table. Anything that leads to objectivity, reason, and rationality is has been abandoned long ago. So, but again, the leftists, the people who... I mean, there are people who listen... I, Look, I've I've listened to some of this, I've read some of this, but I ugh. how much of it do you have to watch before you know before you know it's an absolute sideshow? I, honestly, I think you could know that without even watching anything, without reading anything. But I listen to some of these folks that comment. They really think they really or they want you to think. I don't know. I think some people are just very confused in the, in their minds and can be persuaded by this stuff. But have you ever noticed that the steps that the left expects people to take to accept their version of, well, I don't even want to call it a version of reality. They're, they're, uh, the way that they want you to think reality is. Have you ever noticed the steps they want you to take? I mean, with the Trump-Russian collusion story, it was the final st- the final step in a, Massive conspiracy between Trump and Putin to steal the election is is an ad campaign on Facebook and Twitter and Pokemon Go. That's it. That's the last step. Have you ever noticed when you say, hey, what about these people who are taking lots of ballots to lots of drop boxes in lots of states? We have digital... Uh, you know, their, their digital footprint. We have we have maps of where they've gone. We can see that they go from one to the other to the other, dropping off at least five at a time, maybe much more. Wearing masks, of course, under the guise of COVID. Wearing gloves under the guise of COVID, which of course they started wearing gloves only after a fingerprint was detected on a ballot, which is of course just <laughs> coincidental. But all that stuff, you're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to present your perspective. No. In fact, you'll be banned. You'll be accused of being a Russian operative, a Russian spy. Do you see how different these things are? They they impeached a president based upon a phony dossier paid for by the candidate that opposed the sitting president in the previous election, Hillary Clinton's campaign. They used that garbage to carry out one impeachment, and I would argue the second impeachment was a continuation of that so impeached him twice and now they're trying to go after him criminally this is about this is cut through all the crap this is about their absolute fear of having to run an election 
that maybe doesn't have the 2,000 mule stuff, which we're going to talk about that in the remaining part of the program, but that doesn't have a an election that is being <laughs> potentially influenced by, by mules, by these folks that are doing these things. If the things that we've seen, that we have seen in 2,000 Mules documentary, if those sorts of things and other things where secretaries of state or governors or whoever, it's not state legislatures, actually, actually changed the law. They didn't have the authority to, but they did it, extending deadlines and so forth. If those things are done away with and we get, act, we get to a point where we don't have those concerns and they're stuck with running their guy against Trump, they know what's going to happen. We all know what's going to happen. But they want us to they want to pretend I just they want to pretend or they want to they want to believe it so much that Trump Trump's that bad. Even if he did, even if he did grab the steering wheel, which I think again has been testified that it did not happen. Well, it wasn't testified, but secret services said it did not happen. If that even if that happened, what does that prove? When I was on on the jury, I was on the jury when the Attorney for the defendant, one of the very first things he said to us was that you're going to see text messages that basically shows you that my client is a pretty crappy human being. (laughs) He didn't say it like this, but he did. These texts are going to show that he says some very, very atrocious and downright despicable and maybe even evil things about his, it wasn't technically his stepson, but the son of his girlfriend. But he's not on trial for being a really terrible person this was what he said and he's right by the way he's on trial for committing these things you can't let your judgment of him because of these terrible text messages and the things that he's said and done cloud your judgment and play a factor in determining whether or not he actually committed the crime he's alleged of committing same is true here what if trump threw a temper tantrum what if he punched a hole in the wall what if he I don't know. What if he said, I'm going to march down to the Capitol? My goodness. Oh, my goodness. It has to be to overthrow it. Is that really the only alternative we have? I mean, this is beyond stupid at this point, my friends. But this is all going on in the background, and they plan to weaponize this. Up to and including criminal charges, do not be surprised, ultimately with the hope of preventing Trump from being the Republican nominee in 2024. And before, let's just say that that happens. I'm not predicting that. That's a, there's a lot of steps between here and there. The next target's going to be DeSantis. Get ready because it's going to be the same the same thing in a different way, whatever it takes to, to take him down. And this is how the game is played. The biggest crime Trump committed, the biggest crime, if I will, I use that really loosely for the folks that want to take this literally. I don't mean he committed an actual crime, but the biggest crime he committed in politics was to take these jokers on, head on, and expose them for who they really are. These are the same tactics they used against President George W. Bush back in the early 2000s, and to some degree what they used against Reagan. But the reason it got so amplified and so high on the charts is because the reason is that Trump fought back. That's it. Bush eventually capitulated when it got too hot. Reagan was a little bit, he, he was, his style was much different. 
But Trump says, okay, you want to call me this? I'll call you that. Fake news. Very fake news. Right? I mean, it never ends. And they don't have any other way of dealing with people. So now we're to the point of criminal trials. That's that's one way of, I, I think, explaining it. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. <laughs> Friends, I don't know if you've seen this, but the re- <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. The reason, the reason they don't want to run against Trump in a world where it's about ideas and track record and so forth is obvious, right? I mean, the world's on fire thanks to the policies of the radical left. That's undeniable, and that's where <laughs> that's where you see new strategies come into the mix. I don't know if you've seen the, what is she? I don't know if she's a candidate, if she is um, actually maybe even won an election, but did you see, this is vulgar by the way, so I'm going to make it as PG as I can, but did you see the uh, Democrat, let's see here, Rhode Island politician, Tiara Mack, to get votes, she's in, oh my gosh, She's doing a some sort of a headstand on the beach in a bikini, and uh, she's she's twerking. I I don't know what else to say. So this this become <laughs> you're running the Democratic Party's the radical left's campaign. Radical leftists. Let's see. Well, if we got to make it about ideas, get out there on the beach, get your bikini on, twerk for the camera. I mean, they got this thing. They had to they had to put a blur spot on the camera. It's so classy. But this is what they've got. Again, they got Joe Biden at the helm. That's their starter. That's their main guy. Anyone who falls after him is at least number two. Number two to Joe Biden. Right? They have an open border, which I don't know if you've seen everything going on down there and what the sheriffs are doing and so forth. But that's something that's in We got wide open borders. We got the United Nations that have declared... The most dangerous land crossing in the world is the border between the United States and Mexico. This wasn't this way. It wasn't this way 18 months ago or whatever it is when Trump was in office, right? We've got inflation, real inflation numbers measured the way they used to measure them would be massively higher than they are today. In fact, we all know that the numbers they give us are not actual. At best, they lag. At best, they lag. At worst, we're misled by them. I don't believe any of this stuff they tell me anymore. And it's all done as a result of the radical left's ideas, feelings, and policies. So, this is the best that they've got. This is it. They've got no other option on the table besides doing... Beach, headstands, and twerking. This is, by the way, for those of you that have listened for a long time, you will have remembered one of my favorite nicknames that we've given on this program is Sexy, Sexy, Sexy Martin O'Malley. And the reason I started calling him that was because back in 2016, of course, back before Trump stole the election from Hillary with Russian bots and so forth and their ad team. I don't believe that, just for the record, by the way. It's how stupid it sounds to me. But... 
Hillary was busy still in the Democratic nominee uh, nomination from Bernie Sanders, and one of her opponents, who most people didn't even know was in the race, was a guy by the name of Martin O'Malley, who was only getting like 1% of polling polling numbers until he showed up shirtless on the beach one day, somewhere on the East Coast, Maryland, I think. And suddenly, I mean, he doubled. He went up to like 2%. That's why I started calling him sexy, sexy, sexy Martin O'Malley. No one knew. No one in the party knew what the guy stood for. He, his numbers went up because people thought he looked good without a shirt. So sexy, sexy, sexy Martin O'Malley was born. And that is the way that this is done. This is why they, they want to dumb it down to the lowest common denominator where it's about only superficial things. If they can't make you terrified of President Trump, then they'll go shirtless on the beach. They'll do headstands twerking on the beach. I see the beach is a recurring theme here. Um, they will make it about identity politics. The first female this, you know, Asian Pacific Islander that. And again, that stuff, I have no pro- problem with that. But to me, it's about ideas. Ideas that do not simply find themselves within one type of person, whether that's race, ethnicity, gender, what have you. Just the best idea. Whoever has it, that's what matters to me. And that's what matters to Americans as well. Quick timeout. Want to come back and invite you at the close of the program to join us for our online viewing of the 2000 Mules documentary. I'll get you the information on how you can do that. Sit tight back in a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So I know for a while I've been sharing with you that there are, that we were thinking about doing a, an online viewing of 2,000 Mules. What does that mean? Basically, that means we have, uh, well, we have licensing rights. There's a fee that's associated with that, of course. But licensing rights for airing the 2,000 Mules documentary. And so, after hearing from many of you, and thank you for those of you that uh, texted and so forth. I think we did just text for this one. Some of you may have emailed me as well. But I appreciate those of you who have expressed an interest in this. Um, we're going to open this up. We're going to do an online viewing. You could watch the movie. And actually, it's less expensive to do it this way than to go get it elsewhere. Uh, it's $15 to watch the movie. Um, if you want to do that. And by the way, save Save three bucks. So we've got a coupon code that will save you three bucks through um, Friday. Friday at well eleven fifty nine p.m. So you gotta you gotta sign up quick, and it'll actually only be twelve bucks with the discount code Todd. My first name. Thought you could remember that. Hope you can. Discount code Todd. How do you do it? You go to conservativenotbitter.com. It takes you right to the page. You can get your general admission ticket. There's another, if you want to join an online discussion group afterwards, there's a, that's a VIP package. I'm going to host a, um, what do I say, a, an online chat group. I mean, it'll be a video thing directly after the movie. And this we're going to watch the movie, by the way, on July 21st, 7.30 p.m. That's when this thing will get started. And this will be on demand. This this will be on demand too for seven days, so you can catch it after the fact as well. Again, you can just watch the movie. Totally fine. If you want to join the online discussion group after that, 
upgrade to the VIP package, the discount code, the promotion code, I guess I should say, Todd, applies to both of those. The promotion code ends tomorrow night, though. Friday night, 11.59 p.m. So, that's how you do it. I hope to see you there. We've never done this before. It's always a little bit nerve-wracking to to try something new like this, but we're going to give it a shot. I want you to, to join us. We're going to, again, we can chat, even if you just watch the movie. There's a chat area, and we can chat back and forth there, too. Uh, but there'll be an online, uh, like a discussion group, I guess, where I'll be on there. We might have a couple other, we might have other some other guest hosts, I'm, or excuse me, guest uh, moderators, I guess they're called hosts, to join me as well. But you, we can we can chat about about the documentary after the fact as well. Regardless, I think everybody needs to know this. We need to be aware of what was done in 2020. To what scale, I'll leave up to you. Um, but it can't be allowed to happen. It can't be allowed to happen. Everybody that we know should see this documentary and demand that governments do everything in their power to prevent this from happening. It's absolutely reprehensible. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. All right, my friends. That was so long in the earlier parts of the program. I got to get out of here as quickly as possible. I hate to do it. But I have to do it. So, if you want to watch 2,000 Mules with me, you want to do that, simply go to conservativenotbitter.com. Use promotion code TODD, T-O-D-D, during checkout. You'll save 3 bucks. There's two packages. One is a general admission ticket to the movie, which you can watch online, chat with me during, uh, during the airing of the movie, 7.30 on the 21st. Or... You can also apply that to the other package, the VIP package, which includes an online discussion group after the show. Got to go, guys. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.